Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. It's me again, and I have a guest. It's me again. I can't remember. What do we call me on the podcast? Do I go by Philip? Yeah, you've always, you've always insisted on being called Philip. Okay. I'm Philip. I guess. I guess yeah. you're Philip. I talked about Mother 3 and The World Ends With You and Octopath those other times. You're slowly becoming just the RPG guest. I mean, that that is fairly fitting for me. I'll take it. Well, at least we're not talking about an RPG this time, are we? Uh, I've heard Fire Emblem being described as strategy RPG. Ah, rats. I knew that. I'm the RPG guy. So, I talked about Fire Emblem Three Houses on the show before with my friend Lauren, but it was still pre-release, so we were just kind of talking to each other about what we knew before the game even came out and stuff like that. It's interesting to see what we've learned and what we've experienced since then. It was actually in the recording of that episode is when I decided which house I'd pick, even, and stuff like that. This game, for us, it's like the Octopath Traveler of 2019. It's just the summertime RPG-type game that just absorbs you, me, and Brennan all at the same time. And and, and mostly me. Yes, yes, especially you. It has to be you. I was a Fire Emblem Hermit for five weeks. Uh, It started off great and progressively got less great, but I had a good time. Yeah, because we kept telling you to do something else. And people kept telling me to do something else. They missed me. I'm, I'm loved. And I only beat one route, the Black Eagles route, so we're going to primarily talk about that, but before the differences in routes really come into play in the game, there's a lot of shared content and experiences, so I feel like it's fair to kind of talk about those first. This came up when I was talking about Path of Radiance a few weeks ago, but I felt that the house system, just giving you eight kids to start with and primarily focusing on them, is just kind of the game acknowledging that most Fire Emblem players will gravitate towards a certain posse of units and then just stick with them for the whole game, so now they just wrote it into the story. Yeah, typically Fire Emblem games will give you your early units and then kind of drop them from main plot scenes altogether. This time, they actually do stick around the whole time. Unless they die, then they find clever ways to take them out of the scene, I think. Yeah, I I actually have to look that up now. You can kind of tell with how the scenes are written that, like, it's really rare that anyone is actually outright required for a scene to work. They just kind of make a comment that you could remove from the scene and it would still flow. Six just props of flavor text all saying, yep, we're still here. Pretty much. They do have a bit of back and forth, but you can still kind of see where they would crop things out if two people weren't there. Well, now I'm just imagining if Linhart dies and Caspar is like, oh man, am I right, Linhart? Yeah, they don't quite do that, but sometimes one character will talk to another, and I figure if one of them is dead, then both those lines are just out. But I've never tested it. Well, see, what they do is they just prop up Linhart's corpse, like, Weekend at Bernie's or something. Yes. 
Of course. You're a teacher in this game, so that's how they justify you training the units, is you're actually teaching them, and the students are all, well, on paper, they're all really versatile and can be any class you want them to be, but in reality, they're gonna gravitate more towards certain classes. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of the game, at least starting out, is kind of seeing your students and getting to know just what it is they're good at and seeing what classes they belong in. Yeah. So, you're performing that teacher role of getting your students to excel at being who they are. Helping them reach their full potential, as it were. It kind of reminds me of Tobin, Gray, and Cliff in Shadows of Valencia, and it's probably a thing that goes back also to, like, the peasant villagers in Awakening and Fates, and if they had any more even before that, where they just... The character can kind of be whatever you want them to be. Well, yeah, with with obvious preferences. I consider the game less to be a fun sandbox where I make everyone what I want them to be, and more to be like the game is figuring out what the best future is for these kids. At least early. In a gameplay sense, I meant. The challenge of the game was seeing what the best option was, and I thought that reinforced the story aspect because that's what a teacher does. They try to find people's potential and bring it out. Very wholesome. Now, granted, once you get to know the game, uh, it's not very challenging to figure out what class people belong in. Uh, Also, once you get to know the game better, you know what class everyone belongs in. It's Wyvern Lord. (laughs) Just make everyone a Wyvern Lord. It doesn't matter. You'll win. It's like making your kid be a doctor when they want to be an artist. Just make everyone doctors. Now I'm just imagining doctor versions of of the characters like Mario and Dr. Mario and Smash Brothers. I am Dr. Ferdinand Von Eyre. <laughs> yes. And, and he just coexists with the regular Ferdinand. Oh my god, they would be such good friends. He would finally get the chance to say, you are Ferdinand von Eyer. You have three houses, hence the title, and each one is approximate to a different story route, and that's how you kind of herd the cast and separate them into segments so you can remember who everyone is better, and it'll determine which ones you get a little more loyal to. But you can also, if you know what you're doing, persuade students to leave their other houses and come into your house. Ferdinand is in the Black Eagle house, but you're teaching the Golden Deer house. He's actually one of the harder ones to do, but if you get your stats to a, and weapon ability to a certain level, he'll be willing to leave the Black Eagles and everything they represent and join you in the Golden Deer house. Now, I don't know about recruiting Dr. Ferdinand, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah, he's a tricky one, I tell you. You have to get all the pills lined up, it's really weird. They never... <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I guess it would be fair to start talking about the, the story beats that the different routes have in common. Alright. 
game just kind of starts with your standard fantasy RPG intrigue. Like, ooh, who are these people? What's what's this mysterious thing going on? Oh, okay, here's the protagonist. You know, that kind of stuff. And then game introduces Byleth. You, you customize them. I, I think most people play as female Byleth, though. I mean, uh, it's okay, everyone. You're not degenerates, probably. My friends are. <laughs> anyway, uh, you meet... You, you kind of set up Byleth. You meet her dad, who... I, I kind of just mentally replaced him with Grail until I got to know him better, because yeah, I recently learned about uh, Path of Radiance. By the way, before we get any further, since this is a current game, so don't... Don't at me. I'm gonna give a spoiler warning. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're still at the beginning, so nothing really happened yet. We meet Byleth and her dad, and then almost immediately we meet the three lords of the game. And you get a map with all three of them, so you can kind of get a feel for them. And then the game kind of fakes you out by making you think you're about to choose your house right then and there by asking you which country you like the most. <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, I, I kind of love that, because... In every other Fire Emblem game, you play as the Lord, and whenever you meet some random mercenary that you don't know, you immediately try to recruit them. And so here, all these Lords are immediately trying to recruit you. <laughs> yeah, that that is a good role reversal, but... Very cute. I, I have to wonder if that's all they were doing with that. Because you, you do actually make the choice a little bit later, before the next proper level, even... But, uh, turns out your dad was a, used to be the night captain for the big church of the continent. Now you're going to work for the church as a teacher, and you get to hit people with a ruler if they fall asleep. Mm -hmm. It is specifically noted as really weird that you just randomly got hired as a teacher, but, you know, eh. Yeah, I still don't know a lot of the circumstances surrounding Byleth's family. Because the Black Eagle route, really, I'm going to say it's probably the worst one to start with in terms of lore and stuff. It tells you extremely little about the lore. Um, I find it's actually a decent first playthrough just because you get to save the lore for later. So you have a route where you still don't know what's going on. You wouldn't have that experience otherwise. But just, it's a weird one. Uh... I don't know. We 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 have we have our own different opinions on where the route goes, so we'll probably save that for the dedicated section of. But yeah, it's we're randomly a teacher now, and we get to go around the academy and introduce ourselves to all the different students who we're going to be teaching and or killing. And we also mostly meet, killing. We also meet some of the teachers. This is probably going to be the rest of the episode now. Let's let's talk about like all the different people we meet, or at least uh... at least the highlights. Well, okay, when I say highlights, I mean like really highlights. Let's let's not just gush over everything, or else it's just going to get really old. Uh, so like, do you want to just talk about the Beagles, or like everyone? That's good. This is, like, the part of it where it's still just kind of general stuff. 
So I feel like it'd be fair to kind of talk about everyone a little bit. But it, we'll start with the Black Eagles, at least, since that's the one that we're going to be getting to more anyway. Okay, let's see. Well, you have your main lord, good old Edelgard. Yeah, see? She's away from all the other students in this exploratory sequence, which is kind of good indication of just how aloof she is in general. Yes, she is aloof and emotionally guarded and just purely irrational and kind of cold-hearted in all of her decisions. She She's Fire Emblem Spock. Yes. I like how... In this sequence, you're meant to talk to the lords, and they'll tell you a little bit about all their classmates. But when Edelgard talks about herself, she'll mention that she's cold and calculated, and then she'll be like, oh well. Yeah. She doesn't care. She has more important things to worry about. She just has her eyes on the money. She does not care about whatever lives she tramples on the way. And by money, I mean metaphorical money. She's not actually interested in cash she's the empress emperor daughter princess she, she's loaded yeah this isn't wario world though that would be an interesting game okay i don't know i don't know what i'm more interested in edelgard in the wario world or wario in fire emblem <laughs> i i would want wario in fire emblem three houses i think he would be a really interesting unit uh, I would love his various supports, <laughs> such as his one with Dorothea. <laughs> Just every time he gets a critical quote, HAVE A ROTTEN DAY! <laughs> yes. Um, Dorothea, our next student, the one best to support Wario, uh, <laughs> is a gold digger. She is a gold digger, you cannot she's, get around that. She's not hanging out with any broke. Nope. She's the socially successful, well, I phrased that really poorly. She's the popular girl, uh, has a really cool hat. Yes, she does uh, have a cool hat. She, she has a really cool hat. Flirts with all of the guys, except for some of them, because she doesn't like them. And also, probably, well, okay, it's hard to call her the most cynical person in the Black Eagles, because they're a pretty cynical bunch, but she is very cynical herself. She had a very enlightening moment in one of her A-rank supports that just kind of... Yes. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about things like that. But she Me neither, I don't know. Well, she does generally develop and grow to be less cynical. Uh, that's partially represented... But... Well, oh no, I don't want to go on that tangent. We'll not do that. Like, she's very social. She has a lot of... I almost said social links. A lot of support conversations with a lot of the other characters. You get the feel that she, she's kind of the mutual friend of a lot of the eagles. Mm -hmm. She's very friendly to everyone except for the people that make her mad, which is not many of them. But one of them is good old Ferdinand von Eyre. Oh, uh, Ferdinand von Eyre. Yes. Probably the most immediately lovable of the Black Eagles. I didn't immediately love him, but before long I saw that he's actually a pretty stand-up guy. Yes, he is a noble who takes his position as a noble very seriously. 
He has a great deal of self-confidence, bordering on arrogance, and just kind of carries him in this pretentious but really light-hearted way. Like, he doesn't actually seem like a bad person, he's just an idiot. I don't know if I'd say he's an idiot, but he he, he could use a bit more decorum, I think. Um... I think he has interesting points of view on what it means to be the second in command. Yes. Well, that's mostly as he develops, is it not? No, I feel like he he's carried a lot of these traits like even during the first part of the game. During the first part of the game, he's not really considering himself second in command. Well, he's saying, "Oh, I have to be the best because well, Oh, well. It's a stock rival thing where the rival yeah. pushes the other rival to be better. So I, I I think that's an early sign of that's where Ferdinand is going with Edelgard because he wants Edelgard to be the best she can be and the only way to do that is trial by fire. It, he reminds me of... I, I guess he's kind of of the Eagle characters. He's one of the two that... Well, I don't... I won't say I see myself in him, but he's, he's, <laughs> he's he has a lot of traits I I would like to have more of, if that makes sense. Right. As you get to know him and find out that a he's just a really stand-up guy, b his noble sort of ideology is that as a noble, it's his responsibility to be noble and be great to everyone and succeed at things and show everyone kindness. And so he has this pretentious philosophy that ultimately makes him a great guy. It's kind of like a papyrus thing where he's really arrogant, but he's not a jerk about it, at least not intentionally. That's pretty comparable. A little less cartoony papyrus, but still fairly cartoony. Well, now I just want Ferdinand to make spaghetti for everyone. Oh, he would, though. Okay. Mess it up. Hubert is kind of the first sign that I that I might have accidentally <laughs> picked the evil team. Hubert is a psychopath. I don't think I ever hated Hubert, but I, no. I appreciated what they did with him after you put it into certain terms for me is that you told me that every Fire Emblem game has that evil Dark Mage Chancellor, but this time you get to see what they're like in their youth, and you get to control one. Yes. He is absolutely a villain archetype of a character. He is a literal psychopath, almost certainly. Look at me medically diagnosing video game characters. Yeah, let's get MatPat in here. Yeah. In the sense that he doesn't really care about feelings or bonds with people. He just has his goals, and he follows them to the letter. Screw anyone that gets in his way. Game theory. Is Hubert von Vestra actually a sociopath? Hey man, those are different. Don't make me be pedantic about the difference. Game theory. Is Papyrus actually Ferdinand? Oh, no. I I couldn't resist. Part of the fun of Hubert is that he is just this blatant villain who's sitting around in your team. But also, 
there's kind of the cracks of actually being a decent guy that show through all of that. Yeah, deep down, he does care for some of his classmates on a more some. than more than a utilitarian level. Like, like some of his supports with Bernadetta, like he didn't have. He, she'd probably be fine walking around with a needle. I don't. That, that that's a little presumptuous of him. I think he actually cared a little more. He he occasionally shows kindness to them, and even though he's not like super nice. Just the fact that he's being a little nice is really heartwarming because it's him. Yeah, he's still a human. Just a, a very scary one. Which he's okay with. Mostly, yeah, he's he's pretty okay with that. Uh, he tries not to scare Bernadetta. He fails. He eventually succeeds, I think. We should already get her out of the way because we kept referencing her. Speaking Bernadetta. Of Bernadetta, the social anxiety waifu. I, I don't. I don't really see her as like waifu. Uh, not every. Not everyone does. Some people do. I mean, when the socially anxious character is one of the most popular characters in a game, when gamers themselves are typically socially anxious, I just always kind of laugh a little. Although I am one of those people, so... But yeah, she is the nervous, stuttering, constantly terrified of social interaction kiddo. Apart from the gameplay of liking my archers, she reminded me of someone that we both know that not a lot of people listening to this would know about. And I just kind of mentally linked the two of them in my head, so I was probably a little more attached to Bernadetta than I'd be otherwise... Because of the familiarity. I, I, I feel bad because people say about how she's supposed to be funny and then you're supposed to feel guilty for laughing. But it's like, I don't know. I like exaggerating all the character traits. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not just going to leave her out. Yeah, she's definitely funny. I don't find her super funny. Only no. occasionally. I think there's only one thing about her that actually got me to kind of chuckle, and that's just, she just vehemently denies having cake when no one was looking. I was like, what, we weren't talking about cake, Bernie. What are you talking about? Yes. Um, most of what I liked about her is just seeing her grow out of that shell. Oh, yeah, it was really... Not, com- not completely, but she she gets a little bit, and I'm very proud of her progress. To kind of touch on future stuff a little bit, it was actually really uplifting to hear some of her new quotes and quips in the future section of the game when she's a little more confident in herself and her reality. While Dorothea got even more cynical and Caspar got more slightly vaguely evil, <laughs> Bernadetta got some confidence. Yes, Bernadetta gets to be a better person after the time skip. Uh... Warded wonders for her. Yes. The others, not quite so much. I wouldn't say she's a fan favorite, because I know a lot of people don't really care for her. Like, people are split on her, but I think she's still one of the most popular characters. Uh, I guess... I just kind of see her as, like, the little sister of all her classmates in the Eagle House. Yeah. She's probably more high tier for people in general. I guess, like, the lords are top tier, and also Lysithia. 
who was extremely popular. Uh, we talked about Caspar a little bit. I like Caspar. I do too. I like all of them. Caspar uh, the least, but I still like him because it's a very good cast. Well, he added to the group. There, there'd be a hole without him. Even when he was slightly more evil-sounding in the future, he still didn't feel like a bad guy, so it was still always kind of reassuring to just find him wherever he was and talk to him. Yeah, he's just kind of this simple-minded jock who wants to get stronger and wants to cause trouble because that's fun and he wants to have fun. Yeah. He also um, has some depth to him, too. Yeah. They all do. Actually, wait, does he? Yeah, in his, in his Petra supports, he's really... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Like, everyone has some level of depth to them, I've come to find. Except maybe some of the church units, I don't know. I'm not so sure about them. I haven't seen many of their supports. But yeah, Caspar has fought in his support with Petra, where there's just something that he considers awkward between them, and he's kind of talking like an actual high schooler that's just absolutely unable to put up with how awkward something is. Petra is... We talked about her before. I mentioned that I felt like they didn't really do enough with her gimmick. I guess it's worth spoiling because it's just something that the game doesn't do. She is from another country, one that doesn't speak, I suppose, English, whatever language they speak in the country you're in. And so she speaks kind of broken English. And so a lot of people were excited, like, oh, there's a time skip in this game. She's going to be bad at English early on, and then to show her character development, she'll have a better understanding of the language later on, and that'll be really neat. And then she doesn't. And then I find that her misunderstandings don't really contribute anything anyway. It's just like a few extra lines in a cutscene that otherwise would have been over a few lines earlier. Okay, at least one support makes it the focal point. Her support's with Alois, where he tries to teach her puns. <laughs> I love Alois. I do too. But Petra is a good unit, but in terms of like character and stuff, I tended to feel like she was just there. She is a lot more subdued than the other beagles. Other than speaking broken English, she doesn't really have much of a gimmick to her. Uh, what I liked is that being from another country and, let's see, not sure exactly what counts as a spoiler, so I'm kind of tripping over myself. Well, I gave but a she spoiler shows... warning, so it should be fine. Just don't spoil the other routes, I guess. Yes. Being a political hostage for the Empire, having that all to deal with, but she just kind of pushes on through it anyways and is really one of the most devoted students to your house, and one of the most ambitious. I find that pretty admirable. Yeah, she's likable, I just don't think she's very memorable. Fair. And, uh, uh, speaking of remembering things, I meant to talk about this during the Ferdinand part, but when I was finally choosing a house, they show you all the students, I thought, okay, uh, l let me see if I remember all their names on site. And I knew all of them, 
except for Ferdinand. And then he would go on to say his name every time. <laughs> I, like, okay, I get it. Just, uh, when you select Ferdinand in a battle, he will... He will announce... A decent chunk of the time, just say, I am Ferdinand von Eyre. I think anyone who's bothered to listen to this will, will know that, but... I, I guess, yeah, that's a good point. I never know my audience, I'm so sorry. Linhart. Yeah, Linhart. The, the other character I see a lot of myself in. Not just, not just the laziness, either, but... Linhart is probably the most relatable of the Black Eagles. Just... Someone who wants to take life easy, and is actually pretty philosophical about it. Yeah, so his whole thing at first is that, oh, he's really lazy. He has interests, but he just they just don't really matter a lot to us, is what people generally say about him in the, in the story. And like I said, I, I kind of see a lot of myself in him. Not, not the laziness, though that's definitely a part of it, but just... The fact that I I have kind of narrow interests, and I can do a lot with those, but they just don't really amount to much outside of my interest. How many social situations can I get through by going, oh yeah, I definitely know how to write video game-related stuff? Lenhart is really interesting because typically the lazy kinds of characters are more just stupid. They're unmotivated because they're not really good at anything, or they're just kind of always doing whatever they want. Where Linhart is actually very intelligent. He kind of has this nihilistic edge to his laziness, where there's not really any point in him doing anything other than what he wants to do, so he just does what he wants to do and naps. I'd say he's less nihilistic and more pragmatic, because I remember him talking about the value of waiting before charging in and stuff and fighting smarter instead of harder on a lot of things. Right. He uses the word nap as a buzzword whenever the writers don't know what to do with him. Um, so you'll find you'll find in plot scenes a lot where there's really no reason for anyone to talk about napping, he'll say, Gosh, I sure would rather take a nap than do this. And I found that a little grating. Well maybe he'd just rather take a nap, Philip. Yeah, he's tired, okay? They walked all the way here from the monastery. I'm tired of him. <laughs> Do we have any beagles left? I think that was all of them. Well, if there is one we forgot, they must suck. Uh, Lion's House, Dimitri, go. There is really nothing I can say that's good about Dimitri without getting into spoilers. He is very good. I love him. But he is just a nice little box of spoilers, ain't he? I know he's got some messed up stuff in his past and future. He, he is crazy. He looks crazy after the time skip. He, he he is just not in a good place. He hasn't had his Snickers yet. <laughs> he has not. The world has been very bad to him. Do-do. Did... We can do-do-do-do next. Th that's all he is to me. He's just... Buff Hubert, but uh, with a funny name. Uh, well, Hubert's a funny name, but... He does do a few other things, but... Oh. Yeah, he fills a pretty similar role to Hubert. Somewhere in Illinois, a man perks up as we go on to mention Ingrid. 
<laughs> yes, we we have a friend who is very thirsty for Ingrid. Uh, he he will not let us mention her without. Did somebody say Ingrid? Yeah, pretty much. Um, she is good. She's kind of a straight man, except in Lions, everyone is a straight man. So what can you do? Yeah. Uh, all I really know about her because I I did get a little bit into one or two of her links. I said I said links again. <laughs> this really is the Persona game. She's racist against Dusker's people, and that's where Dudu like comes do. from. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like Oboro in the last game where she has a good reason, but the racism is just kind of what people cling on to. Yeah, it's a pretty small part of her character, but it's a pretty easy one to lambast her for. She seems to have a few different things going on with her. She really wants to be a knight. Apparently she gets really hungry a lot. I don't know. Uh, that's a really small character trait. It's not a thing at all. See, See I don't really know what, what her deal is. Uh, she She's okay. Uh, basically, her family wants to marry her off so they can make them a lot of money, but she wants to be a knight instead. Well, obviously she has to marry the future king by getting an S support with him. That'll get a lot of money. Uh, she, she can do that. And it's a neat character arc, but it's also, like, the same character arc as five other people in the game, so... But she's alright. I like her. Uh, but there's Sylvain, who is the best lion. You know Sylvain. Yes, I do know Sylvain. <laughs> because if you play as female Byleth, then you can recruit Sylvain automatically, because he's really shallow like that. Yeah, he'll just abandon his country and friends to just to ogle the teacher. Like, you can just talk to him. He doesn't even know you. You just ask him to join your house, and he's like, oh yeah, you're hot, I'll join. From that moment on, he was he was an honorary Black Eagle. I still, in my head, I just kind of insert him after I list the eight eagles. I, I just see him as the ninth eagle. <laughs> There's a very sad thing I'd like to observe about Sylvain once we get into later stuff. But Sylvain... Like most characters, he's more than just his quirk. He actually has opinions on things and stuff. Yeah, he's the flirty character who's just constantly after everyone, but then you find he actually has a lot of depth and a surprisingly cynical outlook on everything. Yeah. I'd say he's like probably the more nihilistic between him and Linhart. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, I see nihilism in everything. It's what I do. Like In his B support, he basically threatens to kill you. Uh, I don't remember it being that savage, but yeah. Well, he immediately says, hey, I was just kidding. But in your head, you're like, he wasn't kidding. Yeah, he, 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 he's like that. He's he's not a good boy. I love him. Yeah. Uh, Felix? Speaking of not being good boys, Felix. All I've seen so far is Felix, like, name-calling Dimitri to his face, name-calling Dudu to his face, Belittling everything Ash ever says to him, and then Ingrid calling his battle plans maniacal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love Felix. I, I, um, I like it. I like when someone gets called maniacal. That just implies a level of insanity. Like, we're gonna walk into Felix burning things in his room. Yes. Uh, Felix is a jerk. But I think he's an interesting jerk, because the Blue Lions... Just based on the culture of their country, they care a lot about chivalry. Just 
being a proper knight and all that, and Felix is the one person in the house. I think Dimitri does too, actually. But Felix is just like, no, that's stupid. All of you are idiots who are going to die. Yeah, I have picked up the vibe throughout the story that the kingdom isn't really in a good place right now. Uh, no. Uh, the kingdom, despite being like, oh, the good guys, they're the kingdom, they're the most militaristic country of the bunch, mostly because they're constantly repelling bandits and such. And so a lot of the Blue Lions actually already have combat history. And so when they all get their first kills in the game, every student says something, the Blue Lions, out of everyone, are the most chill about it. Yeah, yeah. The, the lions, they're, they're kind of calm about it. The deer, they're, they're excited. The eagles are kind of a mix between, ugh, and, eh. Yeah, they're like, oh no, and it had to be done. Which is, yep, that's eagles. So, you have the honor house, you have the bean house, and you have the edgy house. The bean house. Does... Does, does anyone outside of our social circle use the word bean like that? I don't know. I don't talk to anyone outside of our social but circle. This is why you have to talk to people. Come out of your room, we have cake. Uh, the, the, the deers are all very good children. That's what bean means. So, Felix... I'm, I'm sure he's more than just a jerk, but so far I've only seen him be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a tsundere. I actually tried to recruit him when I played the game, but his... Expectations were a little too high. Ash, I guess. That's a good description for Ash. <laughs> uh, well, I noticed they inserted him into scenes during Chapter 3 of the Lion Route. He, he has a connection to the boss there. I actually um, allowed Ash to have the final kill. Oh, you must. Well, I, just, I did it for the XP, you know. Oh, 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 oh well, that, that just look, forgives look, everything. Ash needs to grow stronger. He's my archer. He's... I need him. He's a bad unit. He'll be bad anyways. Actually, he won't. Archers are great. I, I've watched, like, one episode of the show, but he sounds like Phineas from Phineas and Ferb. Oh my god, you've ruined this entire game for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ash, he grew up poor, and then he was adopted, and he really admired his adoptive dad, so now he wants to be a knight. And, and then we kill his dad. And, and then you kill his adoptive dad, in, because... In chapter uh, three... He, because he disobeyed the church, and all who disobeyed the church must be slaughtered. Yeah, that's a, a bit of plot intrigue that they waste little time in showing off. Annette and Mercedes? Ah, uh, Annette. She, she is she is a cute girl, all right. She is voiced by the actress who sang the song for Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. I can best describe Annette, kind of a minor spoiler, but not really... Uh, her character arc is going, I'll do my best. And then she goes, wait, maybe I shouldn't always do my best and I should relax. And she goes, no, never mind, I'm just going to do my best. She does her best. Isn't that what a lot of the characters in Heroes say? Fire Emblem Heroes? Yes, yes. And a lot of characters in this game say it too, including her, I think. Like when you select them on the map, they'll say, I'll do my best. I think she does that. I, Ferdinand von Eyer, will do my best. No, unfortunately he does not say that. No, that that's what Dr. Ferdinand von Eyer says. Yes, 
he does his best. Um, then Mercedes, who is friends with Annette. That's all I have. I, uh, maybe I missed something about her, but she is my least favorite student out of all of them. There are some church units I like less, by which I mean uh, one. Uh, I, I, but I don't really... I, 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 I don't really have any opinion of some of these line kids yet. I th that's the thing. I don't have much of an opinion of her, but I played an entire game with her as one of my units, so I should and I don't. She is the oldest student by far. By far, she is she is 23. Me. So old. Uh and she's nice, not like me. She's just nice. That's what she does. She's friends with Annette. And she's friends with Annette. And I am just not a fan of her voice. It is too high-pitched. I mean, too soft. Eh, eh. It don't work. Doesn't sound like a voice. I... Like, I don't, I don't want to disrespect the actress because, obviously, they all have to be instructed to speak a certain way, but it does sound a little fake. Yes. It, I don't think the voice quite matches her dialogue all the time. Hmm. Like, it, it, it sounds... Like, some of her writing, when paired up with a voice, kind of makes her sound like an abridged series character. Oh my god, that is exactly <laughs> what she is. sounds like. <laughs> wow. Okay, that, that shot her up a couple tears. <laughs> That's a thing. In, in some games, I'll listen to someone and I'll think, oh, they don't sound like a person, they sound like a character. <laughs> yes, and she like, sounds like a character. Like, from an abridged series. Yeah, and and sometimes it's okay to sound like a character, but when you you're the only one in a group that really sounds like a character, it's it kind of starts to stick out a little more. And we have spent far more time on her than she deserves. Okay, and then uh, I, I believe that's all eight of them. Gosh, is it? Wow, they were unmemorable. Uh, I'm sure someone is very mad at me right now. Um, yeah, his name is Ross. I love the deer. Uh, good old Ross. Uh, Claude. Uh, definitely the most fun of the three lords. When I was uh, playing through the eagle rat for the first time, I thought, you know, Dimitri made a good first impression. Maybe I should have picked him. But I, I kind of saw Claude off to the side a few times, and I, st I thought to myself, geez, how does a guy like him be the protagonist of a game? And that led to me playing both routes simultaneously on my new game plus. <laughs> Cause I just, I wanted to hang out with Dimitri, but I also wanted to see what Claude was like. Edelgard is the least typical protagonist of the lot. Claude is kind of the smart mouthed, clever guy. So he's basically Sokka. And you don't really see that person as the hero a lot of times. So that's what intrigues me about Claude. Yeah. Sokka's kind of incompetent. Claude no, no, is very no. competent. Okay, you gotta watch the series to the end. Sokka really comes into his own. It, 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 yes, he, he develops and gets more competent, but he is initially kind of a clown. Well, yeah, initially, but... Yeah, I'm sure Claude was perfect at everything when he was young. I mean, from the start of the game, yes. He is very much the least flawed of the lords. Claude is the meme lord. Uh, yes. And his um, actor has nurtured that reputation. Yes, I love him. Yes, I, I just, uh, I just followed him purely because of Claude. 
I know he, he's banking the cloud memes. Yes, Joe Zija. So everyone knows the meme of Claude being upside down on the box art. Joe Zija has streamed the game as female Byleth named Claudia, planning to marry Claude, <laughs> and he has his webcam upside down while he streams because he's Claude. Like he confirmed his role upside down. He even yes. like, he has he has a bit of a. He has a bit of a joke rivalry with Dimitri's actor, Chris Hackney. And yes. it's just fun to watch it unfold. And very fitting for a fun character like Claude. I-, I like the Lions just fine. And I think when I go to a Deer chapter, I think, I don't, I don't want to say goodbye to these guys. And then I'll do, like, a Deer chapter, and I'll, I'll just feel that even more intense. Like, no, I don't want to leave these guys. <laughs> yeah, the Deers are definitely more, like immediately likable characters. The lions do actually have a lot of depth as a group. They just don't quite have the same tropey appeal. I guess next is Hilda. She's a fan favorite, I think. Um, she's pretty popular, yeah. A lot of my Fire Uh, Emblem playing friends in unrelated Discord servers all seem to like her. Yeah, she's pretty popular. She is the other lazy student. Uh, but unlike Linhart, who is very philosophical in his laziness, Hilda's 80% just lazy. She's supposed to be really powerful, but I'm still early enough in the deer route that I'm not really seeing it yet. Well, so, here's a correction on that. Do you mostly know that she's powerful from the guys on our server talking about her? Uh. Or is it your other friends, too? No, I've I've just I've just heard it around, just in general. Oh, okay. Because everyone on our server made her a wyvern lord, and that's not her doing the work. That's wyvern lord. One of my friends on the other server did say to make her a wyvern lord, but I thought she had like really like good stats that lent itself well to wyvern lords. So maybe she was better than other wyvern lords. She is probably better than other wyvern lords, yeah. But also. Uh, everyone has good stats that lend them to Wyvern Lord, because Wyvern Lord is the best. After Hilda, I guess there's Lorenz, who is Purple Ferdinand. Uh, he... So I said that Ferdinand is, like, really likable in all his pretentiousness. Lorenz pushes that to the extreme. He is... yeah, And kind of gross. And very pretentious. Like I said, Purple Ferdinand, but also exaggerated. Yes. He's an exaggerated Ferdinand. He's more pretentious, but also he has this belief that it's the noble people's responsibility to take care of the common folk, and so he's an extremely good guy to everyone. He just has really firm beliefs in what everyone should be doing. Yeah, he's, again, exaggerated Ferdinand. Yes. It's 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 like in the developer notes or something, someone is like, okay, I'll write this character, and someone came in late and they didn't realize that someone is already writing that character, so it's like, oh, I'll write this character. And then they had Ferdinand and Lawrence, but they came out differently enough that they just kept them both. Yeah, they don't really feel the same, they're just, or they're different takes on the same idea, I think. Raphael, he, he disturbs me. The goodest of all boys. Raphael looks like a project I made in elementary school once where they gave us a lump of clay and we had to make them into faces. (laughs) 
Gosh, all this talking about Raphael sure makes me hungry. And, uh, okay, that's the other thing about him. Yeah, he, he, he looks vaguely inhuman to me, just a little uncanny. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he, he is just so constantly jolly and kind. Yeah, he's a nice I, guy. Uh, yes. Raphael, you're talking about how he disturbs you. I'm just talking about how he is a very, very good boy. I mean, I'd probably hang out with him. It just, I, I don't want to look at him for too long. And yeah. I've seen what he looks like after the time skip. He doesn't really look much better. No, no, no. Raphael is at the epicenter of uh, my point of view of my life changing. Is uh, I don't really talk a lot about my personal life on the show. But uh, lately I've uh, picked up a gig as a dishwasher, and it's a little hectic whenever people are eating and giving us their dirty plates and stuff. And early on, you meet Raphael, and he's like, oh, why can't they be open all the time? And I'm thinking, <laughs> we don't want to wash your dishes all the time! Yeah. Get his ace support with Marianne, it's perfect. Uh, I've been kind of like trying to get them together. Uh, his friend, Ignatz, he exists. Uh, he, yeah, yeah, um... I, I feel like I might offend someone with this, but Ignatz feels like, uh, what do we name this character? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know, just name him something. <laughs> someone in the room sneezed. Ignatz! Yeah, like, some Fire Emblem games are really <laughs> weird about this, they'll... They'll they'll pull from mythologies and astrological bodies for names, and then they'll have a guy named Roy. Or they'll or sometimes they'll just throw letters together. And this game is really good about having a lot of recognizable names, or at least names that sound real enough. And then Ignatz is like, uh, I mean, okay, it's probably it's probably an actual European name for all I know, but. I don't, I don't remember Ignatz because I didn't play the Deer House first. My strongest memory of Ignatz is uh, encountering him in the time skip and sweating because he had a brave bow. Yes, he is very threatening there. He really loves painting, but his family told him to be a knight, and so he wants to be a knight, despite loving painting. I feel like Ignatz and Ingrid should trade families. Yes, remember when I said that five different characters have that same arc? Ignatz is one of them. It's it's okay. Marianne, uh, Marianne. who has the oldest Xbox known to Fodlin. Yes. Uh, I like comparing Marianne to Bernadetta, where Bernadetta is kind of a cartoony take on mental health, where she just makes a lot of funny scenes about her overreacting and feeling anxious, where Marianne is just more of an outright depressing, realistic take. Well, I feel like if we want to get back into psychoanalyzing it, like, of course, Marianne okay. would probably be more like a take on depression. I think Bernadetta's thing would be more like anxiety and yeah, paranoia. Yeah, Ber Bernadetta's more anxiety, and... Marianne is more depression. I don't really know anything about Marianne besides, oh, I guess she's sad. That is actually a spoiler I'd, I would hold on to. She really, what you know early on is that she's just sad and quiet and would rather talk to animals than people. Which of her supports would be the most enlightening? Pfft, Byleth. Also her paralogue that you're guaranteed to get on her route. 
Mm. I heard her paralog had a bit of a glitch in that. I wonder if that got patched out yet. Huh. I've never heard of that. If you save and quit on the prep screen for her paralog, uh, it, it ruins your save file, I heard. I don't know if that's still a thing, though. Uh, okay, uh, there's Leoni. Leoni. <laughs> she sure likes your dad. Yeah, n none of my good Leoni jokes are really podcast-friendly. Um, yeah, she is the tomboy. I like her. I like the cut of her jib. She seems okay. I think she's. Yeah. I think she's um, one of the less popular students, though, because. I. Uh, there's a very particular reason that she's one of the less popular students. I think I know what it might be. Is it like one uh, of her Byleth supports? Yes, her B support has her criticizing Byleth over something, and it unlocks with phenomenally poor timing. <laughs> Which makes her look like a really, really mean person. Yeah, I feel like it's it's kind of like a, a Camilla situation where she's a fine character with fun enough supports as long as she's not talking to the protagonist. Um, yeah. I don't even really think she's that bad talking to the protagonist. I think the timing on that is really poor and feels out of character compared to the rest, but... I think this a lot of it is the internet's tendency to not like characters because they're bad people. Well, we have to cancel things in record time, you know. Yes. Yeah, basically she's getting canceled. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, they tried but, to cancel but... Ingrid. <laughs> people are trying to cancel Ingrid. Oh my uh... god, cancel culture. It does apply to characters, too. It sure does. And um... Now, uh... We've saved your favorite for last. Oh, who's my favorite? But... Oh yeah, it's Lysithia. I love Lysithia. She's not my actual favorite character in the game. She's just in the top tier, which is like six people. She is a small child that nukes things. Yep, yeah, she is Rickon, except good. Good. <laughs> Lately they always give you the, yeah, I'm not a kid, character. And it's her this time. Yes. She does a few things differently, mainly the one spoiler, which I actually will sit on because it's a very good spoiler, in my opinion, at least. I didn't play the Deer House the first time, but I did manage to recruit her because she was the only enemy student that you could recruit in the future, and with her supports with Edelgard, which is also Edelgard's only non-Eagle support, other than, like, teachers and stuff, you actually learn pretty much all you need to know about Lysithia there, so I thought, oh, that was convenient. And so, I think it's neat how much it recontextualizes her. Like, you see a lot of things like, oh, she's the youngest student at the academy, she's 15, she is just in such a hurry to be an adult, constantly tries to act like an adult, and all those character traits kind of come together and you have an understanding of her, and then it gets flipped on its head. It's very neat. See, because most of my exposure to Lysithia was just finding her in the future and then shoving her into Edelgard's pocket, I didn't really get a lot of that first impression. I, like, I saw her around the school, but I didn't really talk to a lot of the students yet. Yeah. There is a point where she'll come ask you a question in class where she says, Hey, do you know a way that I can get by without as much sleep? 
I want to accomplish more things, but I can't because I'm always too busy sleeping. Then Linhart just makes the face of that cat that doesn't like the banana. <laughs> <laughs> and so that totally makes sense at the time. It's like, oh, okay, she's a workaholic. And then you learn more, and it's like, oh. She's definitely a character where I think that kind of situation works best if you are already familiar with her. Yeah. Like, I kind of had... Aside from learning all I needed to know in one fell swoop, I kind of didn't get any of that because of the way I played the game. Also, she is cute, and she one-shots the Death Knight. Perfect. At what level does she need to be to one-shot the Death Knight? Because that chapter is coming up for me. <laughs> um, you need B-rank reason. And honestly, you're probably still not gonna one-shot him. It's just gonna... You can ship him with gambits a bit, and then she'll finish the job. But you need B-rank. For some reason you said B-rank, and I just thought she would just hit him with a swarm of bees. I mean... <laughs> May as well. She has a spell called Swarm, so I thought. It, it, it's not that one. It's Death Spikes or Dark Spikes or whatever. It's Dark Spikes. Okay. So that's all the students, and we are now an hour and a half into this. This is definitely going to have to be its own episode that's just about the characters. But that was your plan? It kind of was. Cannibalize my evening. I mean, hey, I'm missing dinner for this. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I guess, do you want to talk about the church units? Or I love Alois. I love Alois. The others are not worth my time. Flane's worth my time. Sadis is kind of worth my time. Alois is worth my time. I like Hanneman. Hanneman is worth her time. Actually, I like Manuela too. Yeah, she's, okay. yeah, she's good. So really, I just don't like Cyril. We didn't even talk about uh, Shamir, she's pretty cool. Shamir's okay. Catherine is slightly less okay, but still okay. Uh, and then there's Cyril. Gilbert, I, I just... Gilbert's not really a church unit. He's actually an honorary Blue Lion. I guess so. I just don't remember Gilbert. Well, because I didn't play the Blue Lion route, but... Yeah, he, he's... Even when he was around, I just didn't remember him. Whenever I would encounter him on maps, I'd be like, Oh yeah, it's that guy. And I guess they tried to make him more interesting by connecting him to Annette because they thought, well, she can't just talk to Mercedes the whole time. <laughs> of course. Archbishop Rhea, she kind of creeps me out. I feel like if the plot didn't kick off when it did in Chapter 11, we would have been like one chapter away from her asking to sniff Violet's hair. Yeah. Rhea is hard for me to talk about because you've only done... Uh, the Black Eagles route, and... Yeah, I know there's a lot more to her going on. There, there, There's a lot to her. She's neat. I like her. I think that's all the church units said. Yeah, Cyril, he's the the person of color who does all the work for the big white lady, and he can't read. That That's not going to have undertones to someone, I'm sure. That's actually very much intentional. Racism is a theme of the game, and they're kind of representing that through him. So, like, that's fair game. I just think he's annoying. I just don't think about him. Same. Like, I, I don't even dislike him. He's just, oh yeah, he exists. Like, he and Gilbert are just kind of in that same tier for me. So, yeah, I think that's all the characters now. Uh, your dad, your dad's cool. I like your dad. Yeah, he's a, he's a gay. He's your dad. 
he he has a good reading voice. And that's when we realized we didn't have anything else to say about the characters. This is post-production Alex talking to you. This entire get-together was about two and a half hours. We realized that we were going to have to split it off after the character talk and talking about the Black Eagle route in a different episode. And even this character talk episode ended up lasting like an hour and a half, so I had to severely cut it down. Looking at it now, I'm at about an hour right now. I cut out basically an entire half hour of conversation from this one alone. So there'll be more next week, but that's all we have for this week. Philip and I will see you again when we talk about the Black Eagles route at long last. In the meantime, follow the BitCast on Twitter if you want to stay up to date, and I'll see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on podcastone.com and on the Podcast One app.